Hello, friends, and welcome back for another episode of As for the Rest of Us. Today's guest is Gloria DeLapa, a current colleague of mine who has quickly become a very dear friend. From the moment I met Glow a year and a half ago, I was immediately drawn to her empathetic and authentic leadership style as a manager on our team. These days, I have the pleasure of being her colleague and her peer, and I get to see on a daily basis how Gloria's people-centered approach to leadership not only impacts the team she directly manages, but the culture of our entire team. I am excited for each of you to hear from Gloria herself about how her personal journey over the last year has directly impacted how she shows up in spaces and how she's found goodness, joy, and connection by doing so. As a side note, Gloria and I specifically talk about her journey in therapy in this episode. It is my hope that regardless of whether or not you are someone who has ever been in therapy, that hearing her story will connect with you. In this episode, you will hear her share about the choice to commit to her own internal growth and how it not only impacts her own life, but the lives of those around her. With that being said, meet one of the rest of us, my dear friend, Gloria. Here we go for episode two of As for the Rest of Us. And today we have the fabulous Gloria DeLapa with us. Gloria, say hello. Hello. My gosh, this is so exciting. Well, we are thrilled that you're here. I already in the intro told everyone a little bit about how we know one another, why it is that I knew you would be the perfect guest for the show today. And on this show, we start with the warm-up rapid-fire questions in the beginning. So the first one I'm going to ask you, Gloria, is what is the last show that you binged and loved? Because let's be honest, we all do it. And so what was your last one? Oh my gosh, I do it all. The- it was like, what show do I choose from? That's how many shows I've been binging lately. The most recent one called Hacks. Have you heard of it or seen no, it? No, tell me more. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It follows this comedian who was a very famous female comedian kind of decades ago. And she has a show in Vegas that she continues to perform at. The show, well, I don't want to give any spoilers away for anyone who hasn't <laughs> seen it. But anyways, it follows a younger female writer who ends up partnering and working with her and reviving kind of her comedy tour. And it is hilarious and all like a beautiful female friendship and just supporting females in, you know, the comedy space. I don't know. It's so, so good. Worth the watch for sure. Okay. You know, now that the time has changed, we obviously all don't go out as much in the evening. So I feel like there's just more TV watching time. So I will add it to my list. Yes, do it. And then let's do one more. Tell us about your least favorite household chore. Actually, when I read this, I was like, what would I say? And what would Dylan say? Oh, yes. Perhaps like two different ones here. My, the one I dread is laundry. I dread it. I, for whatever reason, the folding and putting away of the clothes, they will sit there for an obnoxious amount of time to the point where you have to re like steam cycle them. I was going to say, do you re steam them or do you just fold them wrinkled? What's your deal? Oh, depends on the day and my mood. When I'm feeling a bit more responsible, I will put them back in and steam them. 
if I'm not, I hang them right up and I take my little like wrinkle spray. Uh I just douse them and (laughs) hope and pray the next time I revisit that shirt, it's ready to be worn. It worked it out. Dylan would would say say dishes. (laughs) Oh, they feel similar in nature though. (laughs) Yes. It's like the washing and the putting away. I mean, I already feel like you are relatable to all of us because (laughs) let's be honest, we all have a show that we love and that we binge, if not more than one. And two, we all have that chore. It just sits there and sits there and sits there. Exactly. So good. Well, thank you for playing along and giving us a little bit of a peek into uh, what really happens in the Jalapa house. (laughs) As you know, because you have been on this journey with me since really the day that this brainchild happened. And I was like, oh my gosh, Glow, I have to tell you about this idea that I have. So you are well acquainted with this show and really what it is all about, uh, which is aiming to share the stories of everyday people. Those people that most of us will never hear about, will never know, they're never going to show up in history books, but the way they're going about living their life is just as impactful as the people who do. I'm just curious to know, as an everyday person, what, what were you thinking when I said, hey, Glow? You know I'm starting the show, and I want you to come on and be a guest. Well, when you told me you were starting the show, I was absolutely beyond thrilled. I mean, I just think the concept is powerful and empowering to, as you described, those of us who no one would hear our story (laughs) if we were Mm -hmm. sitting down with someone that we love and are having a conversation about who we are and why we are how we are. And so... Um, I just love the concept. And mm-hmm. then when you asked me to come and speak, I immediately was like, uh-oh, gonna, gonna disappoint. What will I talk about? You know, mm-hmm. that just immediate reaction. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm probably not alone in having of like, my story is not that, you know, mm-hmm. what's so interesting about my story to tell. So yeah, to be honest, those were my first kind of feelings about it. And then again, the more I sat with it and just sat with the entire purpose of this, the more excited I kind of was to share about what I've been learning about myself, especially this past year. And specifically to have the conversation with you where we have shared so many experiences that and talked so much just about how they've shaped us and how that shows up at work and all of those different aspects to who we are. Good. Well, I am thrilled that you said yes. So with that being said, who is Gloria DeLapa? If you would have asked me this question a year and some change ago, kind of pre doing some self-discovery work and therapy and all the things, I probably just would have been like, I'm a wife and a daughter and a friend. I am a 90s millennial I love music and I love traveling and all of these things about myself, which are very, very, very true. And now when I was thinking through this question, I was like, how deep do we get Mm. in who I am? Because now I'm like, well, I'm, I'm a person with avoidant tendencies um, and an overdeveloped limbic system who is, uh, you know, figuring out how to show up authentically in all of the different areas of my life and really tune in to who I am and what I love. So genuinely, I was like, I would probably 
answer the question of who am I with, I'm actively learning that right now. And it's really, I guess it's exciting in a lot of ways. It's daunting, but I feel as I, I turned 30, not too, too long ago and kind of entering a new decade of, of that being a huge focus for me of really discovering who I am at my core and not who I've kind of been taught and shaped into being. And I I know so many people I think in my life right now that are kind of going through that for whatever the reason may be. So to answer, I'm learning that right now. But those are some aspects of who I am. I'm also very much a music lover and would love to travel. But yeah, to get a little little beyond that, I would say I'm I'm someone in the midst of figuring figuring that out for myself right now. Which you know is one of the things that I am drawn to most about you is that you are on this journey to know yourself more and to know others around you on a different level, to move past just that surface level connection with one another. And I just find it's inspiring that that is the journey that you're on. Because I think it's really easy to just kind of go through life and feel that desire to know yourself differently, but just to continue to push it to the side. And because Mm -hmm. it is uncomfortable and it is hard and there are tough questions to answer. And it is going to rub wrong in certain relationships when you choose to do that work. And so I just am curious to hear from you, what got you there? What was the driving force behind the choice to really own it and dive deeper into who am I actually? Not just how am I showing up today, but who am I? You know, I think I didn't really have even language at the time to I guess to put to why all of a sudden I felt this huge push into self-discovery and specifically therapy, like having someone who is trained to walk me through this do so versus some self, you know, reading and some self kind of discovery and introspection that I was doing. And what I've kind of realized was the push is, is truly feeling like my life had shrunk. And looking around in terms of my relationships with others, what I was even comfortable like going out into the world and doing because of my fear and anxiety I was experiencing, my world had just really shrunk in the past like two to five years. I give a wide range because it was certainly happening pre-pandemic. And I think the pandemic just created an environment that was easier for me to reinforce a lot of the templates inside of me that aren't healthy and my tendencies that keep me very, what I would have called comfortable and safe. And now realizing it's not a matter of safety. It's a matter of discomfort and distinguishing between the two has been so vital for me to regain my life genuinely and to I think just realize that yeah my life doesn't have to be this small to be safe and to experience love and joy and connection with others there's more people I can let in and I can do so being much more comfortable and I was going to use the word confident but I don't even think that's it I think I don't even know if comfortable is it either. I think it really is coming from knowing that I am capable of feeling feelings of discomfort and that I'll be okay. (laughs) And that so much goodness and joy 
and connection and relationship comes through those very temporary feelings of discomfort. But I have to be willing to feel them to reap the rewards of connection and building a life that I'm excited to live. And that is filled with a lot of love and joy from other people. So good. So relatable to a lot of people, regardless of circumstance, and particularly a lot of people who maybe were feeling that pre-pandemic, but certainly a number of people who during the pandemic began to experience that, or maybe just have a self-awareness of it for the first time. So I think what you're sharing is just so relatable for a lot of people. And I'm just curious, what do you know now that you wish you had known then? Oh my goodness. (laughs) So much. Like, where do I begin? I, for myself and wishing I would have done it, I guess why I wish now I would have done it sooner is a couple things. I think it's so hard to take in the entirety of a situation or a feeling you're experiencing when you are inside of it. And that has been something I've really learned through therapy. It seems so simple now. I almost feel silly saying it aloud, but it's like you, I'm, I was inside of my own orb for Mm -hmm. my whole life. Of course I wouldn't think to look at something differently. Of course I wouldn't be able to recognize some of my behaviors as things that have come out of ways to build safety around me that serve me then, and they don't anymore. And to be able to see both of their purposes too, so that it's not just these feelings of like regret or shame or sadness or whatnot. It's seeing them as tools I did use and I needed and that I carried with me. And now they have served their purpose and I can begin to release them and figure out new tools that do serve me now. And I'm not going to, you're just not going to see any of that for yourself until you are in a conversation with someone who has spent their life working to help you uncover those things inside of you. So I think that is one of the absolute biggest things that I now see. And that before I think I had so much hope it would just dawn on me. Like Mm. I just would read the right quote on Instagram. I would listen to the right podcast. I would do these one-off individual efforts. That would be my aha moment and I would be fixed. I, I really genuinely thought that that would work. And so, yeah, now I'm realizing it's not that. I mean, it's been over a year and I just feel like things are clicking. So how in the world was I just going to do that all by myself? And not to say there is so much good and learning and healing that we can all do, certainly on our own. I feel like most of this is I have an hour with this person and then all the rest is Mm -hmm. myself and my reflection and learning. So they go hand in hand. But I, for myself, I think having that external perspective and voice has been vital. Yeah, absolutely. I also would love to hear you speak to how you have then taken that very personal journey between, you know, your one hour with you and your therapist and then all the inner work uh, in between sessions, but how you have taken that journey and then really connected it into the way you show up. Yeah. I think something I've, and I've talked about this at work too, but the idea of having these safety behaviors I personally face that when my anxiety feels it's reaching that 
you know, a peak that I just can't sit in the discomfort of, I retreat from it. And then that behavior happens sooner and sooner and sooner. I think learning that about myself has allowed me to show up at work in a way where that same knowledge of this might feel uncomfortable. I'm certainly going to have negative feelings in this moment, but I realize I need to do this for a multitude of reasons, for connection, to build trust, Mm -hmm. to make my team feel safe, to advocate for my team, to help coach others and empower them, to admit I don't know what I'm doing (laughs) and need support so that I can help my team better. I mean, all of those types of conversations at work require my willingness to experience discomfort. And that is a theme in my life that I have learned. I avoid and avoid and avoid and avoid. And so that to me, especially, I think recently has been something that I have really recognized in myself and been able to bring to work, certainly. And I also, this concept that I've worked on of the okayness to be a it's a school analogy that she's with me that has really clicked of like, I have always wanted to be the A student thinking I've B capabilities. Mm. And to allow myself to be a B student is this idea that has been groundbreaking to me of why do I feel a B student is wrong? What's the morality I place on that? And if I actually created space and gave myself the permission to act as a B student, where might my A actually flex more naturally because I'm not so fear burdened of not performing at the A level. And so again, at work, I think it's just the analogy of like recognizing your strengths and having a lot of compassion and curiosity for yourself of like, why maybe do I not want to do this project or do I not want to raise my hand for this? Taking a moment. And then if that's genuinely not where you're at right now, not raising your hand. And it doesn't mean you're a bad teammate or you're a manager who doesn't care or you don't know things that are, you know, your team's going to be ruined because you don't know this piece of information off the top of your head. It's just okay to be a B student. And that is something personally, but definitely in the work world, it's allowed me to like love my job that much more. And to feel less afraid of, you know, conversations or saying no or advocating maybe in a way that I can tell a leader or peer or a direct report of mine maybe doesn't see the same way. So those are two ways. I think those are that have really shown up at work lately for me. Oh my gosh. Yes, I echo all of that. I see I see you doing that work. I see the way you approach conversations through that lens. I mean, I see all of that for you and I love the peace that that's bringing for you personally to be able to just show up as you. But I think what I really want the audience to also hear that I am maybe uniquely in a situation to be able to share is the then ripple of impact that that has on other people. So that's how doing this work is impacting you and uh, allowing you to show up in the space differently. And one of the biggest impacts I feel like you have particularly on our team at work and as a manager of your team at work is the space you compassionately, empathetically 
allow other people to do the same thing, which is to show up as who they are and not feel like they have to try to be something else. And I haven't often been on a team where that is is the motive, is the MO of what's happening, where we just show up as we are and we celebrate who is strong at what, and there's less concern about who's not strong hmm. in something. And I see you as the leader on our team of colleagues who does that and who creates that space. And so I think this inner work that you are doing, which then is transforming and changing how you're showing up at work, then therefore impacting the dynamic of the situation at work and who the rest of us feel comfortable and confident showing up as and not feeling like we have to show up as something that we're not. So I just want you and honestly, the audience to hear me say that not only has your journey had such a tremendous impact on you and how you show up at work, but it also is transforming the in, the culture of the team that you are a part of because that's how you're choosing to show up in that space. Well, thank you. I feel so similarly about you, Katie. I think that in these conversations, I'm like, oh my goodness. I mean, I can think of so many people I feel that way because of, so I'm, you know, if I can bring some of that to our team, that is my honor and joy. I truly am so, so grateful for your words and thank you. Before we end, I just wanted to ask you one final question, which is if there's someone listening today that's resonating with what it is that you're sharing, where to start? Like how to, you know, obviously you are a year or so into this journey, but what, what do you see as really that beginning place? How, how would someone go about getting started um, on you know, making this truly impactful change for themselves, which then in return will impact so many other people? A couple things. I would say if there are people in your circle who you love and you know maybe are also investing in therapy and they're willing to speak about it, ask about their experience if you feel hesitant or, you know, nervous about the prospect of entering into therapy. That for me was the biggest difference maker for myself as my like best friend was sharing her experience in therapy with me. And I just saw those changes in her and was so moved and inspired and just emotional about hearing of the growth she was experiencing and so happy for her that I was like, why am I not doing this for myself? This just feels silly at this point. So ask others, you know, if they're willing to share about how they found someone or if that person, uh, you know, if you could reach out to that person and see if they have an opening for you. And also think of the people in your life who you trust and who speak into you and float the idea around with them. And you're going to be able to live a more authentic and connected life when you have tools that are unique to you to do so. And who wouldn't want that for themselves? I, I don't want to you know, dismiss that therapy is very hard. I'm obviously talking highlights for myself and learnings. There are many times I don't want to sign on. And I also have experienced the positive and transformational outcomes 
of being willing to have conversations about things. My 18 year old self would have never allowed me to. And again, now I'm feeling more connected to life. I'm feeling more authentic in who I am and how I show up in my life. And that was very hard and it is very worth it. I love everything you just shared. And particularly, I think the more we can talk about and normalize therapy, I mean, it will always be scary because there's such a vulnerability to it. And I don't think we ever will take away that fear of can I trust this person? Do I really want to go to this place? Do I really want to bring up these emotions? I don't I don't think anything can change that for people. But I think removing some of the the stigma and the barrier and the lack of normalization around being in therapy is so important to me because it has been so transformational for my life and you know, I think we didn't necessarily grow up in a world where going to therapy was well accepted. And so I just appreciate that you also are on this journey of trying to encourage that as a space for people to feel welcome and that it actually is the normal thing to be in therapy, taking care of yourself and taking care of your relationships. All that being said, thank you for coming on today. Thank you for sharing your story and just being willing to share, you know, how this journey has impacted you. And then, you know, for me to be able to speak a little bit to how that then is continuing to impact the people around you, because I think it's just so relatable. Gosh, thank you for having me again. I'm so my pleasure. So grateful to have this conversation with you, Katie. So thank you. So good. All right. Well, with that, that's Gloria DeLapa, folks. Well, friends, when Gloria and I first started recording that episode, we honestly had no idea where it was going to lead. But I have to say, now that it's over, I'm so glad it went where it did. I know, at least for me, there are several things that stood out, and I have found myself continuing to process since I ended the recording with Glow. First, I found myself thinking about what is it in my life that has served me well in the past, but may not be serving me well any longer? And do I actually have the courage to let that go? I think in our lives as everyday people, that could be a myriad of things. It could be a relationship, a soundtrack that plays over and over in our head, a habit that we've held on to for too long, or even a commitment in our life that no longer serves us well. It's such a good question to be asking ourselves. And second, I have found myself wondering, why is it that I think being a B student is so wrong? Jeez, that one hit me deep. And is absolutely the journey I find myself on in life right now the journey to accept my imperfections and treat them with grace. I appreciate GLOW for giving me a new A and B student framework through which to continue that journey. I hope you too got a lot out of this episode and would love to hear from you about what you learned from Gloria while listening today. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and I'll see you back here next week for another episode of As for the Rest of Us.